Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. This is Tim Allman with Jake Bessling. Yeah, we are pumped that you are here. It is, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it is January 31. We are in Gilbert, Arizona. 2019. And it's about 70 degrees oh, outside. Oh, so tough out there. Yeah, and we're talking about meaningful meetings today. We actually have our staff meeting coming up here in, in just a little bit. And as I look outside to this beautiful sunny day, I am empathizing seriously from my heart with those of you who are in the Midwest who are experiencing like negative 20 in Chicago with like I think it's negative 50. Yeah, negative 50 or wind Wind chill. chill. Jake, where have you lived in your life? Listen to this. This is so tough. Houston, Texas. Which is kind of a lot of humidity. Okay. Armpit of Texas. (laughs) You said America. Armpit of America. Yeah, really humid. And then, oh, it was tough. But not cold. It wasn't cold there. Not really. really. Rainy at times. It probably never really snowed. And then you went to college. Yeah. And then I uh, went to Southern California, <laughs> Irvine, California. It was a whopping 75 degrees. Most, oh, oh, it got down to 50. You needed a light jacket. <laughs> and then I moved to Gilbert, Arizona. So here oh, I am. World. I spent four months at Concordia Mequon and it was about seven degrees spring semester. Yeah. And I said, people were like, why are you here? You're from SoCal and you're here. Yeah. Like, I'm leaving after four months. It was for my brother's sake. See you later. <laughs> And now I'm here. You know, ministry's tough out there. <laughs> tough out there. We, we talk about tough things on this podcast, but our weather situation, because we don't even care about the 100 plus in tough. the summer. It's okay. We can leave too. But We have a pool. Yeah, Jump we have the pools, pool. blah, blah, blah. Water. But, but ministry's tough, but we are very, very weak when it comes to our mm. physical environments. Our so physical all of you out there that are struggling through the weather <laughs> and still gutting it out week after week, day after day with sermons and, and studies and caring for people, we... Uh, we look up to you. We Way, to go. Job, Way to go. Job well done. So meetings today, how do people, we're talking meaningful meetings, how do people often view meetings, Jake? Boring. We're talking meaningful meetings. and Snoozer. I mean, oftentimes just sit in a meeting and you're like, this is so boring. It's a waste of my time. There's no way that anyone is getting anything out of this. And then you realize, oh no, I'm leading the meeting. Snap. Uh-oh. I'm the problem. <laughs> I need help on leading oh, meaningful man. meetings. I don't know about you, Tim, but when I came out of school, even seminary, um, and as a young 20-year-old out of college, mm-hmm. coming to a church setting, I didn't realize until serving full-time on a church staff how many meetings you go to. <laughs> we're meeting about this. We're meeting about that. Let's have a meeting. It's like meeting 101. I want to go. I mean, I want to evangelize the world. So passionate, mm. ready to go out there, uh, eat pizza, hang out with kids, stay up all night with lock-ins. And I was sitting in meetings, meetings, and more meetings. <sighs> and most of the meetings, honestly, were a waste of time. No offense if you're listening and you were running the meeting. Um, but we would talk about stuff each month that just carried over to the next meeting the next month. And it seemed like nothing was ever getting accomplished. Can you relate? And I would leave unclear about next steps sometimes and who was going to do what and sometimes even not sure when the meeting was going to be next and when it's going to end. So, Tim, how was your experience uh, with meetings? Maybe before well, you learn some insights. Let's just stop and look at meetings 
And I think we almost need to reevaluate the word that we use because if you have trauma mm-hmm. from PTSD of sorts from these Someone boring meetings, yeah, I don't want to listen to this. Maybe we call them the Grand Human Adventure Gathering Time or something like that. You're on the right track. Because meetings should actually, and I don't have as much baggage when it comes to mm-hmm. meetings. My first five years and then here, um, a lot of what we're going to share, you have shaped a lot of those different human interaction adventure times. And so I don't have the baggage the with, great with, adventure. with meetings. Uh, they should be, and we get this from Patrick Glencioni's, a lot of this is coming not just from us, but from Patrick Glencioni's book, Death by Meeting. If you don't have it, pick it up, Death by amazing. Meeting. But what he talks about in that book is that meetings should be more like a movie. I love movies. You love going to the movies. It's and dramatic. there's suspense. Plot. You know, you set all these plots, these what's characters. Gonna happen? What's going to happen? And you're waiting. But what Lencioni says that is so beautiful is that meetings should be more powerful. Why? Because you're an actor. Mm-hmm. And you get a part in telling the end story of that human interaction. That's how powerful meetings should be, brother. So today we're going to look at five ways to position you and your team to have more meaningful meetings. You can check out our show notes uh, to follow along here. How do you have meaningful meetings? First point, meaningful meetings start to happen when you get the right people in the room at the right time for the right purposes. Talk about the different levels of leading an organization. Who should be at a respective meeting? Uh, Literally, look at who you have in your room as, as a leader. Is it the right person that can make the right decision at the right time? It may be that you don't have all the right people there in the room. Um, You might be looking at people like, ah, why are you here? You know, but if you're leading that meeting, what do you, I mean, Tim, what do you do? How do you adjust if you're like, man, I think there's, there's too many people in this meeting and you're probably not getting a lot done. It's probably too much chatter or too many opinions that don't actually need to be the opinion leaders. Yeah, sure. How do you pivot that? So in our world right now, use director language. Okay. If this person is a director in any sort of area in your um, departmental world, in our world, it's maybe a youth leader or maybe someone that oversees all of our journey groups. If they're a director of any one of those ministries, and in our world, it's about 12, 15 folks, then they should be in the room. But if there's someone that's on that respective team, Maybe they're a coach of other leaders. They probably don't need to be in the room for that big weekly. We're going to talk about different types of meetings here at the end, but they probably don't need to be there. They need to be in working in working meetings. So yeah, analyze who's in the room. Do you have the right people in? Do you need to add? And, and it frankly can get sometimes tough if you need to subtract some folks from how do you help them pivot and find that new space to use their wonderful gifts. So first point is meaningful meetings start to happen. You get the right people in the room for that meeting. Excellent. Number two, meaningful meetings start to happen when you recognize that not every meeting needs an agenda ahead of time, just a different structure. That's right. I mean, think about this way. Sometimes you you spend like this is an exhaustive agenda and everyone's coming up with it or or you're just coming up with it and you're spending more time on the agenda um, than even the meeting. You just need a few kind of clarifying questions or points that each person might want to bring to the table. So what would that look like? Um, You could go Go around the horn for one minute each, and this is what Lincioni talks about, that in the meeting, uh, like Pastor Tim, myself, we'd both share for a meeting, and then the whole team would share for one minute 
as well. And you might have something that you'd want to share about personal life so you get to know your team more. You might want to just share some highlights of what's going on in your world, what you're leading, what you're directing, where, and if it's a Christian organization, where God's showing up. Um, and then you also can add to the agenda, and the main leader leading that meeting, it should be clarified on who that is, is also going to build the agenda right then and right there. So if someone has, for the good of the whole team, uh, has an agenda item, you can say, I'd really like to add to the agenda this item. And you want to um, caution yourself there if you're the, the main leader to, to push anything that really doesn't need to come to the floor, for lack of a better word, to that team. You don't really need to discuss that in this forum. You can just discern where that should better be. Or when you build that agenda, because like six people said, I really want to talk about this today, you are the priority pr- uh, prioritizer of trying to decide this is really what's key today. Some things could be shoved off to, to next week um, or to a different meeting. So really what you're helping the leader do, the team lead, is listen more. Listen more. I've got a family member who served in a, in a leadership role at a church, and she consistently said, you know, we show up to meetings, and all the senior pastor does is his talk. Mm. He's got different things that are really, really hot for him, but he's not listening well. So pause, leader, and listen. And what Jake just shared with you, that that forum moving around one minute, if you can't say it in one minute, you probably are unclear. You have a cluttered mind. So can you really, really simplify what it is you're working on and then simply say, I need help on this? And make sure it's meaningful for the entire group, that everyone, it's a problem that everyone, every director around that table needs to speak into. We recently had a um, a group of people that were meeting about um, care and um, caring for people, mm-hmm. and uh, we uh, we taught them that that idea, and they went into it, and the the meeting just revolutionized because everyone then got a chance to share something, but it wasn't oversharing, mm-hmm. and so the leader facilitates them toward um, an agenda, and they were also putting in a lot of time about pre-work of what is the agenda what's going to happen but you come to the meeting and a lot of times we have all these emails and different other documents and sometimes it's important but a lot of times you can just clarify that when you actually meet in the space eyeball to eyeball yeah meaningful meetings point number two is they happen when you recognize that not every meeting needs an agenda and point number three comes right alongside that meaningful meetings start to happen when everyone in the room sees that their voice, their perspective is valuable and that there is equality. There's not going to be one person, though the team lead may bring some clarity and some prioritization, there's not going to be one person that just walks all over others. And this, man, trust has to be built on a team to get to this level where there is equality. Everyone views their voice as very, very valuable. So how do you create a culture of of trust? One of our main distinguishers is understanding the difference between dialogue and discussion. Do you remember this, Jake? This was really, really huge for us a few years back and still is today. Because you go to meetings and and if if something gets out of hand, it feels like, um, and and there's an intensity about it, there's a tension and, and people are, are sharing things, you might feel like, oh, they don't they don't like each other yeah. or something if you're new to it. Um, or you don't speak up because you're like, I can't, I don't want to offend them. It's their idea. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, what does what discussion versus dialogue really help us yeah, out there? Yeah, so 
discussion literally comes from, I think it's Latin. I don't know. I'm trying to be smart. Uh, from the Latin word uh, to concuss. That's literally, smart. Literally to concuss, to have competing ideas that concussion. are hitting up against one another. You know, when Bam. you get a concussion in football, which right. I had a couple actually, Bam. that explains a lot. Anyway, uh, when your brain hits focus, when your brain gets hit up against the wall of your skull, mm. things become cloudy. And in a team, Jake, when you are heading into competition, I got to win. Uh, it's a concussion of ideas. A better way is to have a dialogue where instead of competition, you're complimenting one another. Another helpful tip to both show that you've listened well, um, but then also you have some maybe some pivot or some clarifying points is instead of having your modus operandi when someone says something, you're like, well, I agree with some, but maybe not all of what they said. You do not have to say, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, but a lot of leaders use yeah, but in the meeting context, a better way is but. to say, yeah, I, I get that. But yeah. And have you thought about this? That leads rather than discussion, the concussion of two. It's way more way positive, more optimistic. way more soft. It creates an environment where there's not threat, where people aren't going to go on the defensive. And your and we've seen this over and over again in spades. And your ideas further, and they deepen, and they grow, and there is challenge, and there's conflict. But we're not competing with one another. We're striving to complement one another. So wherever you are, go ahead and say that. Yeah, that's that's really good. And, and and exactly. So how well this is really the the senior leader's responsibility on a team. We just talked about senior leader, the pastor, whoever is leading that meeting. We're we're equal here. But how well how well are you mining for conflict? Where are you going? How are you going to get there? Three key questions. Where are you going? How are you going to get there? And then how well are we loving one another on the way there? And sometimes as a leader, especially in a meeting, you need to draw people out. Find the person, I mean, read body language. There's right. EQ skills here. You can tell they're a little agitated. They got to speak. I mean, ask them for their opinion. Mind for Let's it. give some good uh, uh, clarifying lines that, that you could just use as a leader. You know, one that I like is, are you doing okay with this decision? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and kind of leave it open and just pause and see what they say, you know. Yeah. but Anything you need help with? Anything I can help you clarify? And and frankly, maybe you don't agree. Can you can you articulate? And this is for you know Jake and I are both both extroverts. We can be loud, and our voice carries too much weight in the room. Frankly, so how do we invite those who are a little more introverted? Uh, need time for pause and reflection. How, when we notice the cocked eyebrow, do we aggressively wade into that rather than just, well, it's my way. They don't really have the courage to speak, so what, whoever, whatever. And you come to them. That's a beautiful thing. And say, yeah, anything anything that I can help you with. Lencioni, I heard in a, in a recent podcast, uh, I think it was Entree Leadership, actually. If you don't listen to Entree listen, Leadership, so you good. should. And uh, he was talking about in meetings, I really want to be from time to time to draw people out, to move the mission forward. I really want to be a small J jerk, hmm. not a big J jerk because it doesn't define who I am, but I've got to be a small J jerk from time to time uh, to move things forward, to mine, mine for conflict. Um, so yeah, Jake, what would this, what would this sound like in, in a meeting for us? Let's just role play something here real quick. Maybe it's What's the topic? <laughs> uh, about our, about our multi-site strategy. Okay. We're moving into a multi-site strategy right now. And uh, you bring something about 
maybe it's a journey group model that you think is really going to be effective, but we've already agreed up to this point that it's going to be a certain way and you've got another, you've got another way. And so I, and this is all about trust. I could say, Jake, but I thought we'd, I thought we'd come to that Dude, point I think, uh, of we, agreement. We're going to go a different direction. We, we have to, I mean, we just, there's just, there's just so much out there that, that, that's saying we don't need to do journey groups anymore at all. Oh, well, Okay, let's just let's just pause and then take a step back. And I read this blog at three in the morning, and it said that that the new wave is vending machines, and so we're gonna put vending machines in everyone's house and gather around them and worship them. Yeah, this I mean this, this is, is odd, just but, this is odd, and the but, role play just derailed. But regardless, you get what we're saying. I my goal there with that sort of audacious statement would be to say, hmm. okay, one, yes, um. We need to talk about this offline. Okay. Not, like, seriously, if you want this vending machine idea to, to go, we've... Because you can see in a group of 12, like, if Jake or I started into some kind of weird dialogue like this... I just like gave this, you one. Yeah. We would probably want to have a conversation a, a little bit later offline. Uh, but then I would be able to, as a, as a leader, say, no, within this ministry, we focus on journey group, journey group life. And I think, especially on that one, we had already... Um, the team had already clarified the value of journey group ministry. So for Tim to point us back as he, as he was to, you know, we kind of, we had agreed on this as a team. So why, why you got to give us more evidence for why the pivot. So meaningful meetings start to happen when everyone in the room though, sees their voice and perspective as equally valuable. Moving on to number four, meaningful meetings start to happen when you can tell that the senior leaders in the room show that something important is going on here. Mm. Let's talk about this for a minute. I used to um, have a member of a senior leadership team I worked with and for that would clearly not be listening to the rest of the teammates' reports. What? Uh, once this leader, it's not you, Tim. Once, <laughs> okay, once, once this leader was reading a magazine. Most most times, just building their own thoughts and agenda and their list and 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 re- writing some things down. And honestly, it was ridiculous. It's disrespectful. It's it disrespects the person talking. So, leader, pay attention to your teammates. Nothing says I'm the most important person on the team than doing your own thing during the meetings. Don't check your email. Don't be on Facebook. Listen and contribute. I know um, uh, senior leaders out there that even would, uh, one at least, that would fall asleep continually during the meeting. And it was, it was like late afternoon meeting. Fine. They, they need to move the meeting to the morning. It's crazy. True story. What should have been done here? Uh, the meeting should be at a time that worked for everyone. You got to pay attention. You got not, You got to care for your people. Mm. Yeah. It's modeling it from the top. Cause you also got to think you're modeling. If you're a senior leader, the style of meetings that you would like to see the culture of meetings for the whole organization. Mm-hmm. So how you lead that meeting is going to rub off hopefully on your people for yeah. good or bad, hopefully for good. And then they're going to have a style and a way to uh, lead those meetings um, for everyone else as well. So yeah, put away the phone, uh, close the laptop, I know today I, yeah, I got maybe stuff. a couple. Let's talk about that for a second. I think we may even have a couple folks. Maybe you're listening that that often have laptop. I want to put the best construction on it that you're actually staying engaged, but you may be answering email, and so maybe maybe it's, we put those away, close them. And it's 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 just too distracting for yourself. It's too tempting for you to say I got all these other tasks. That's more important, you know. But people are more important than projects. 
And so to prioritize people in that moment is to put away those those devices. And maybe the staff members thinking, well, this doesn't really uh, apply to me. You need to have an offline conversation to say, well, maybe maybe you're not at this yeah. respective meeting. Maybe it doesn't. If you don't care about the yeah. entirety of what it is that we're about. Because everybody, exactly, everybody in the ministry, on our leadership staff, speaks into everything on our team. There's there's no compartmentalization at that meeting. If there's a problem, we're all solving it, all solving it together. Talk about ways that people disrespect one another in, in meetings. Jake, what have you seen? In addition to phones and and computers and, and all that kind of stuff. A big one that I struggle with because um uh, so my wife is very uh, on time, prompt. on yeah. prompt, and I'm, I'm honestly not. So I'm trying to – I'm working on that hardcore just to, to be as prompt as possible, be prepared. And so starting on time and ending on time, nothing says I really don't respect you, especially if you're working with uh, volunteers, non-paid staff, uh, people at your church or um, in your world. Um, if you're running late, you're not prepared, and then you're running over their time slot – uh, you said you didn't at one time, and then the, it's bumping into the next thing. Yeah, so another one is meeting times. How long are your meetings? Our weekly staff meetings are an hour and a half, but we're going to start to say there needs to be about a 30-minute buffer. Don't schedule anything for 30 minutes because think about how ludicrous this sounds. You're in the midst of a really, really robust conversation that's going to offer uh, strategic implementation into the future. And then the senior leader looks at his watch and says, oh, we got to rush this. And I've done this before. We, we got we got to move past. Yeah, we got to move. I gotta, we got to move past it because I we got real work to do. I got a 130. I got real work to do. Leader, what, what is more important? What is more important than being with your team, working on strategic implementation of whatever it is? Why would you leave that incredibly adventurous space to go to another another gathering of something, or to go even like I got all these emails just piling up? I got that's not no no no. It's always going to be there. It's there, but people and your people are right there that you your would be people. emailing, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny. Yeah, we don't even like yell across the hall a lot of times. You get that email I just sent you? Come on, it's come just. On ludicrous so spend time create a buffer really good tip here guys create a buffer in your meetings start promptly and if you say it's an hour and a half we may move to two depending on the issues that we're walking through i love it i love it all right we're number four meaningful meetings start no we already did that one number five meaningful meetings start to happen when teams take time to get to know uh, your teammates better. Tell us about how that's uh, being played out um, here at Christ Greenfield, Tim. Yeah, so in a church environment, you have some soft team building time to start all of your meetings. We spend time in the Word. All of our retreats always, always have time for fun and relaxation from bowling to we're going to do a putt-putt contest here this next month um, to sharing a meal together. How well are you deepening your trust and relationship so that when you mine for conflict, head into those spaces, you're not, it's not a personal affront. It's not an attack. You don't have to get defensive. I love you. I care for you. You're a valuable part of this team, but we need to clarify this. We need to wade into this hard issue. It has to be built on, on time together, trust being developed in real human interaction, sharing meals. Can't stress that enough. Eat with your team. I hope your head is spinning, listener, about how you can change some things in your world, what you can control, and how the meetings that you have, how you lead them. And so let's just review these five back and forth here. Number one, meaningful meetings start to happen when you get the right 
people in the room for the right meeting. You don't need to have an agenda ahead of time, senior leader. Come in, let go around the horn, give them a minute, and build your agenda from there. Yeah, number three, meaningful meetings start to happen when everyone in the room sees their voice and perspective is equally valuable. Value those people that are at that meeting and tell them uh, so. Meaningful meetings continue when senior leaders model attentiveness, listen, show eye contact, be attentive. And point number five. And number five, yeah, teams take time to get to know your team better. Have space within your meetings and retreats to get to know people better. The biggest book that we would recommend on this, as we've already quoted, is Patrick Lencioni, Death by Meeting. But as we close, you might be thinking, what are the different types of meetings that I should be having, maybe I don't have, and how could I restructure that? So Tim, lay out a couple of the different uh, meetings that you see would be really effective for any leader. So the first one is the daily check-in. The daily check-in. It literally is saying, how you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? And uh, here's here's roughly what I'm up to today as well. Our whole leadership staff, we share our calendar. So if we're really, really curious about what we're going to be up to for that respective day, uh, we give access to one another. There's a lot of transparency there. But it's a real quick. You're standing up. You're not sitting. You're standing up and asking that person, how can I help you? Anything I can pray for you? All right, let's get after it today. The se- I, yeah, like that. I like the fact that, yeah, standing up versus sitting, sit, I was going to linger and all that. Right. And so think about that like five minute or yeah, five minute manager, one minute yeah, manager, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, one minute manager, just kind of that check in and you never know. Someone's like, man, this, I'm just so stressed on this. And that could really change the culture of their day, their spirit that you have their back and that you could um, get them the right resources before it gets out of control. Number two, we have a 90 minute weekly tactical meeting. We're looking like at word, our, <laughs> we're looking at our wildly important goal lead measures. And uh, we're talking about anything that's super current that relates to the entire organization both our church and our school. So a weekly tactical, ours is on Thursday, uh, 90 minutes. Number three, what is it? A monthly strategic and cultural analysis with your executive staff. That's kind of the highest level of the organization that's thinking strategy. And really the three questions Tim had already mentioned are key as you go into that. You know, where are we going? What have we uh, aligned to and said, we've had clarity on this. This is where we feel um, God uh, leading us as an organization. Number two, I mean, how are we going to get there? What are the goals and objectives? Let's check on that. Are there any blind spots? Um, what's going to not allow us to do that? Let's let's work on those things. And number three, how well are we loving one another out there? Is there any um, care and concern we need for certain people out there? Number four. And that, that third one, that third question on the monthly strategic and cultural analysis, most of our time is spent uh, where are – our blind spots culturally, where are the stories of people, where's their division, and we're going to get after it. And in both a church and a school that's growing and moving, there is always ample conversation that needs to take place to care for one another, to get one another's back, uh, and to wade into those uncomfortable conversations. Tim, what would you tell another senior leader if they're like, I just, I don't, I don't have time for that. I mean, we have to keep going. We got to move. I'm sorry. I'm going to put on my just straight shooter hat here. You don't have time not to do this. Mm. What is more important than the people that God has has entrusted to you on your team? Are you meeting with them consistently? And are you dreaming big dreams with your team? So, uh, yeah, reevaluate how you're spending your time. If you need someone in your world to hold you accountable to a new way, uh, please let some lay leaders who are in the business professional world, they probably start stop listening because it's like, yeah, duh, this is what I do. I recognize the power of, of meetings. So, yes, please just put it on your calendar. Set the daily, the week 
weekly, the monthly, and the quarterly rhythm to meet with your team. So the last type of meeting is the quarterly retreat for strategic team building, encouragement of where the team has come. This is what we kind of say, man, God has worked in powerful ways over the last quarter. And then we get to identify and own our next quarter's wildly important goal. So two-minute daily, the weekly tactical, the monthly strategic cultural analysis, and then the quarterly retreat. Put that rhythm in place, leader, and I tell you what, your efficiency, your effectiveness, the power of your ministry will continue to amplify. Meetings do not have to be boring. They can be the most powerful, adventurous, life-on-life, rubbing up against one another in beautiful ways. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Awkward. <laughs> Just caring for one another in powerful ways. There's no touching in our meetings, by the way. But challenging. We, we care. We trust one another. And we got to set a rhythm to get after it. It is so encouraging to have you listening to Lead Time. Check out the other Lead Time episodes you might have missed. Share it online with a friend that really needs to uh, work through having meaningful meetings. It is it is possible. Next time on Lead Time, uh, we have a treat in store for you, uh, a pastor that led for 39 years out of Chicago and then transitioned now uh, in a season of life to work for World Vision. His name is Greg Winhold, and you're going to be in for um, just an amazing time to learn about the power of vision. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Lead Time. Have some meaningful meetings. Share it with a friend. Peace. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.